Welcome to Between the Stacks, the books that made us, a podcast about books we read in our early years that sparked our imagination and shaped who we are today. Each episode features an author or book series and highlights why a generation of kids read beyond the pages and brought these books to life. Hello, this is Amanda from Athens Limestone County Public Library, and this is our second episode of The Books That Made Us. Number two. We are going to talk about different books from our childhood and teenage years that formed us into who we are. Today, I am here with Ronnie Ramon. Hey, I'm back again. And Josh Smith. And we're going to be chatting a little bit about scary stories to tell in the dark. Josh knows a lot about that. Josh is a big time fan of scary stories to tell in the dark. Tell us a little bit about the author and the book series itself. I mean, I really don't know a lot about the author, but I mean, this these are anthologies, and a lot of it's from you know urban legends. Uh, it's almost like folk tales. Yeah, there's a lot of jump scare. Like there's there's some of them that are pretty dumb but they're for like little kids at parties you're supposed to like at the very end just yell boo and you know yeah. Stephen Gamble was the main reason I liked it because of the illustrations and the stories are good and the stories are pretty messed up um, like on the previous podcast you were talking about Goosebumps after reading that and start reading Goosebumps I'm like this is dumb so, I mean not dumb tame. I'm not trying to Hate on Goosebumps. It's for babies compared to scary stories. Yeah, and they were both at the same book fair. So I remember this cover. I bet you do too, Ronnie. Oh yeah, I remember seeing I, it. I remember seeing it, but it gave me it gave me an uncomfortable feeling, unsettling feeling. It's the face in the tree. I'm sure with me saying that you listening, you can see it in your head. Um, I think they refer to it as the clown. I remember it being in the original, was it? Did it always have color, or was it just? No, the color was always there. Okay. Well, um, Alvin Schwartz is the, I guess not author, but it's retold by him, and we are going to talk a little bit about it, and then we may read one of those that Josh was talking about. Where, what do they call them? It says pioneers used to entertain themselves by telling scary stories. At night, they might gather in somebody's cabin or around a fire. And see who could scare each other the most. This chapter is filled with jump stories you can use to make your friends jump with fright. We may read one of those in a little bit. So like the prairie pioneers, you know, or somebody on like Plymouth Rock was like jump scaring each other. I guess so. And who knows how long these stories have been passed on from generation to generation, which I think is really interesting about folk tales and folklore. Josh, can you recall when you first read Scary Stories Still in the Dark or when you first heard them? I was in probably third grade. No, when I actually read the book, I think it was fifth grade. They brought us all down, like, I guess it used to be some kind of administrative room, but they had a tape player in there and they, like, played the audio books for us around um, Halloween one year. That was my first introduction to it, and then... There was a girl on the bus that was reading it, and I started reading it, and then I went to the book fair, and I saw it, and then I bought it, and I started checking the other ones out from the library. And you said there's three books in the anthology? Mm-hmm. The art, we were talking about the art. I know that Stephen Gamble did the art in this series. Yeah, well, so 
it was considered so traumatizing they redid it and they re-released them. I, can, I mean, I can see why. This this is exactly why I didn't purchase this book at the book fair. Why do you think that this series left such an impression on you? Well, it's the illustrations, mostly. They're very ethereal. Everybody else thought they were scary, but I thought they were just interesting and otherworldly. Do you think that they were an inspiration for your future self or your future interests? You enjoy scary things. You enjoy Halloween and scary stories, scary movies. Do you think that this impressed that upon you? Yeah, especially on like music, but try to make soundscapes that would fit those paintings in there. I mean, the stories were, they weren't secondary. There were some messed up stories. Like, wait till Martin comes. And I mean, there was the story about the girl with the knife in the grave that was scared to death because she didn't realize she thought something was holding her down. And turned out the knife was stuck in her dress. And that was what was holding her there. But. Wasn't there one about a lady that uh, had a scarf around her neck? When she took off the scarf, her head came off? That was the green ribbon. I don't think it was in Scary Stories Tell in the Dark. I don't remember that one. It was in Not So Scary Stories. That's the one that I remember reading when I was younger because it didn't have these terrifying illustrations on them. It was more childlike. Yeah. We lost the illustrations but kept the decapitation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was also a movie made called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Josh, how did you feel about that movie? It was one take on it, but it wasn't... I wish they had done it as an anthology and not just tried to jam all the different stories together and under one story that they made up. And there's certain things they changed, uh, like the... Uh, the Dangly Man or Jim Yeah, that, was, that or? wasn't in the book at all. Yeah, they took the part from, like, Michael Doty Walker uh-huh. and then yeah. integrated it into that. And yeah. then, I mean, I know you got to take some kind of license when you're writing a movie and... Yeah, but they definitely took some creative liberties. Yeah. It was all right, but I, like I said I wish they would handle it more like a... You've seen Tales from the Dark Side of the movie, right? Actually, no. She's basically going to bake that little kid, but he, he like tells her to stop or tell her stories. And huh. then that's what keeps him alive. He keeps telling her different stories. I wish they would have done it something like that. That would have been pretty cool. And plus the movie, I can't say this for sure, but I think it kind of had like a political agenda. Like they were trying to make parallels between Nixon and everything at the time. I didn't catch that, but... I don't know. It was okay, but it could have been done better. Well, um, if you could only pick one of the stories from Scary Stories Tell the Dark that stuck with you the most, which would it be? Probably as dumb as it sounds, wait till Martin comes. Because it's just, it's open-ended and doesn't really explain itself at all. And, I mean, it has a funny ending, but... Do you want to read it or would you like for me to? Go for it. Okay. Wait till Martin comes. An old man was out for a walk. When a storm came up, he looked for a place to take shelter. Soon he came to an old house. He ran up on the porch and knocked on the door, but nobody answered. By now, rain was pouring down, thunder was booming, lightning was flashing, so he tried the door. When he found it was unlocked, he went inside. Except for a pile of wooden boxes, the house was empty. He broke up some of the boxes and made a fire with them. 
Then he sat down in front of the fire and dried himself. It was so warm and cozy that he fell asleep. When he woke up, a black cat was sitting near the fire. It stared at him for a while, and then it purred. That's a nice cat, he thought, and he dozed off again. When he opened his eyes, there was a second cat in the room, but this one was as big as a wolf. It looked at him very closely, and it asked, Shall we do it now? No, said the other cat. Let's wait till Martin comes. I must be dreaming, thought the old man. He closed his eyes again, and he took another look. But now there was a third cat in the room. This one was as big as a tiger. It looked the old man over, and it asked, Shall we do it now? No, said the others. Let's wait till Martin comes. The old man jumped up, jumped out the window, and started running. When Martin comes, you tell him I couldn't wait, he called. <laughs> That's a lot of cats. Especially cats that can talk. Who is Martin? How, how are the cats talking? Is there like some kind of like interwebs of cats? Or? <laughs> well, that's the great thing. There's no, it doesn't explain itself at all. Like, what they're, who's Martin? What were they going to do? I think what Martin's they... a big cat. I mean, <laughs> what cat's bigger? He's probably like a lion. Or maybe like, maybe Martin's that, like a cat from uh, He-Man. <laughs> you know, uh, what was it? Venture uh, or Battle Cat? Battle Cat. Was the same Martin, thing. you know, <laughs> basically, yeah, yeah. Martin is Battle Cat's real name. Wait, wait till Martin comes. I mean, it could be their bookie. It could be like, you know, uh, some like Italian guy with a baseball bat. Anyway, at least it open ended. Like, it's, yeah, I've always liked stuff like that. Yeah, yeah we got to figure out who Martin is. You liked not knowing what was going to happen and being able to imagine what would happen in your own head. Oh, yeah. If you're not spoon-fed everything, it's a lot scarier because you're... Let your imagination run wild. Somebody comes into a room and like, oh, you're, we're going to do a podcast tonight. You're, oh, you're going to do that in that room? Yeah, why? Oh, oh, no reason. It's fine. You got to wait till Martin comes. That's, <laughs> that's scarier than like if they explained why they didn't even like, oh, that room's haunted. Or then you're like, there are booby traps in there? Did someone die? In, why, why did she say that? There's a lot of urban legends in it, too. There's the hook. There's a, the one about the sewer rat, which is, he thinks he bought a chihuahua, and it turned out to be a sewer rat. And the... I remember getting an email, like an email chain, about the chihuahua sewer oh. rat. Yeah, I was right there with those killer spiders that were under toilet seats. Yes. And of course, it's the Hearst song. Can't forget about that. I don't know. It's just a really good mix. I mean, there's stuff in there for kids. I never did understand why everybody got so upset about the illustration. Oh, this is too scary. Like, it's supposed to be scary. Yeah. They'll give them nightmares. I don't know. Deal with it. Like, that's what scary stuff does, you know. I mean, I thought it was scary, so I chose not to read it. Like, but, you know, you thought it was scary and you loved it. It's okay. More of this (laughs) in my life. (laughs) The main thing that stuck out to me was the scarecrow, you know. You know, you either saw the clown on the cover or the scarecrow. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm, I'm not scared of scarecrows, but for something about how that is drawn, you know, as me as like a four-year-old, I just wasn't drawn to it. A lot of um, existential dread. Yeah, yeah. A lot of foreboding. Do you know this, the story, like, that is in everything? It was in a Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. It's been in an episode of Full House. Like, maybe it was in Full House. Maybe it was Growing Pains. The story of going on a dark road and seeing a young lady that needs a ride somewhere, you take her home. 
She always leaves something in the car. The she always time. leaves something in the car. And then the you go and check on her the next morning. And she died 50 years ago. On that day. Read on the resurrection. That day. Basically, it's the, the resurrection Mary sort of thing. Yeah. There was something else that I saw that on, like, recently. Supernatural. That was in an episode of Supernatural. Um, I mean, it's a very... It's a folktale. And I noticed that it was in... It was something similar in Scary Stories Tell the Dark, which, I mean, that just proves that it's a folktale. Um, I was going to read this really quick. It's not very long. A farmer had a daughter for whom he cared more for than anything on earth. She fell in love with a farmhand named Jim, but the farmer didn't think that Jim was good enough for his daughter. To keep them apart, he sent her to live with her uncle on the other side of the county. Soon after she left, Jim got sick, and he wasted away, and he died. Everyone said he died of a broken heart. The farmer felt so guilty about Jim's death, he could not tell his daughter what had happened. She continued to think about Jim and the life that they might have had together. One night, many weeks later, there was a knock on her uncle's door. When the girl opened the door, Jim was standing there. Your father asked me to get you, he said. I came on his best horse. Is there anything wrong, she asked. I don't know, he said. She packed a few things and they left. She rode behind him, clinging to his waist. Soon he complained of a headache. It ached something terrible, he told her. She put her hand on his forehead. Why, you are as cold as clay, she said. I hope you're not ill. And she wrapped her handkerchief around his head. They traveled so swiftly that in a few hours they reached the farm. The girl quickly dismounted and knocked on the door. Her father was startled to see her. Didn't you send for me, she asked. No, I didn't. She turned to Jim, but he was gone. So was the horse. They went to the stable to look for them. The horse was there. It was covered with sweat and trembling with fear, but there was no sign of Jim. Terrified, her father told her the truth about Jim's death. They quickly went to see Jim's parents. They decided to open his grave. The corpse was in its coffin, but around its head they found the girl's handkerchief. So it's kind of a different take on that story. I don't know. Urban legends are always, they were a lot scarier to me because, I mean, Goosebumps, you know it's a story. Urban legends are stories, but, I mean, did they have any base in reality? Maybe. Well, I mean, urban legends, yeah. I think they all had some kind of basis in reality, but, you know, like I said, with the whole phantom hitchhiker kind of thing, you you, you got tales like Resurrection Mary, where, you know, a taxi driver will pick up a, a lonesome girl, you know, that's basically seen outside, you know, Resurrection Cemetery, and... He'll ask where she wants to go, and he'll take her home. And, you know, he'll turn around to let her out, and uh, she's not there. There's there's a lot of things like that. Of course, you know about the hook. I think everybody knows that story. Yeah. I don't tell the hook story. I mean, it's in the book, but the short version of it's... Does Martin have the hook? <laughs> probably. That's probably who left the hook on the car. That's probably what it was. <laughs> but there's... Oh, it's always two teenagers going to some remote location and they hear on the radio that an escaped lunatic with only one hand has a hook for his other hand escaped and then the guy's always taking on more um, activity to go on and then the girl starts getting scared and then she thinks she hears something and finally the guy gets frustrated and he drives her home and then they get home and she gets out and then there's a bloody hook hanging from the passenger side 
door handle? Because Martin left it there. Him and his cats. He's got pet <laughs> tigers and a hook. You don't want to mess with Martin. Especially, the, I mean, the cats can talk. I still, I don't get the... Is that what you're hung up on? Is you okay with the skeletons having the barbecue? You never question that. <laughs> well, it's, hey, it's say cheese and die. Well, there's so many gross ones, too. Dead man's brain. But those are, I think they say pill grapes and then tell them, like, have all the kids close their eyes and tell them this is the dead man's eyeballs. And, and yeah. There's just spaghetti and then you should put, the, put their hands in and that's the worms that was crawling mm-hmm. around. Like. What about um, these jump stories? Like, these are good campfire stories. Which one should we do? What do you come for? There was an old woman who lived all by herself, and she was very lonely. Sitting in the kitchen one night, she said, Oh, I wish I had some company. No sooner had she spoken than down the chimney tumbled two feet from which the flesh had rotted. The old woman's eyes bulged with terror. Then two legs dropped to the hearth and attached themselves to the feet. Then a body tumbled down, two arms, and a man's head. As the old woman watched, the parts came together into a great, gangling man. The man danced around and around the room. Faster and faster he went, and then he stopped, and he looked into her eyes. What do you come for? She asked in a small voice that shivered and shook. What do I come for, he said. I come for you. As you shout the last word, stamp your foot and jump at someone nearby. (laughs) Come for you. Well, do either of you have anything else to talk about with scary stories? I just wish more kids could get exposed to that version of it, not the the milk toast homogenized version that they've made it into now. Like the stories are the same, but well, I can tell you that those books stay checked out, and unfortunately, they stay checked out and never return. We just got two copies donated so we got them out on the shelf as soon as possible so we have i believe we have two copies of scary stories Hell and dark i think we have two copies of more scary stories they do get checked out a lot so there are still children that are still reading these books so that leads me to say if you haven't already please read scary stories Hell and dark you can find it at your local library and you will see why Scary Stories Till and Dark is a book that made us who we are today. Bunch of weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Ronnie. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. And thank you, Josh. You are welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Books That Made Us. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to Between the Stacks, The Books That Made Us podcast from the Athens Limestone County Public Library. Join us next time for another episode and look into books that have made a lasting impression on a generation of kids. The Books That Made Us is part of our Library Voices podcast series and available on your favorite podcast platform.